ladies and gentlemen. I'm Elio. He's Ben. This is PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast on a special night. It's Tuesday night, and this is the Royal Rumble Post Show. Ben, how are you doing? I'm pretty good, man. Uh, I have to tell you, I was very dubious coming into to the Royal Rumble because as we've been covering for the last several weeks, I've been very underwhelmed by the Royal Rumble build, but I have to say um, they pulled off a show that by and large impressed me very much. This was a very good pay-per-view with uh, one uh, I, I there's just one thing I didn't care for. What's that? The Bad Bunny performance. <laughs> Whoa. What? what was that? What was that? Well, it's, it's so funny that, um, that you said something about that because uh, that's one, that's exactly what I was thinking, but literally on, um, on Twitter, I posted, what the fuck is this Bad Bunny shit? Um, because honestly... I had never heard of him. I, I I had no idea who he was. No, I I never heard of him at all. And I looked him up Uh-oh. just just for sheer stupid curiosity. Okay, wait, wait, what is he? Uh, is he like Latin or something? Because he, yeah, he's a Grammy award winning Latin artist. Which which just Grammy award winning. I never heard of him. Yeah, well, and judging from uh, his song Booker T, which, to be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen, look, I'm a fan of Booker T, but that's like the worst song I've ever that fucking was heard. Stupid! Of. I didn't understand anything except <laughs> Booker T. I didn't, I didn't understand the damn word he said, but uh, yeah, it, it was terrible. The performance was absolutely awful. But I will say, in terms of having a guest that could actually um, do that good of a dive off the top rope, uh, that part was impressive. Okay. Uh, you, you know, and um, and his his raw appearance wasn't wasn't too um, offensive, and it kind of it kind of made sense for him to come out with Damian Priest, given Damian Priest's gimmick in. Uh, in NXT, so it kind of made sense, but I really could have done without the uh, performance because holy shit, if that qualifies as music nowadays, we are we are in deep deep shit. <laughs> what do you say we get into this uh, Royal Rumble pay per view? Absolutely, let's go, man. So we have the kickoff show, which I know you're not a fan of, but on this kickoff show, they had the Women's Tag Team Championships, Asuka and Charlotte versus Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, and uh, Ric Flair and Lacey Evans come out to the ring to, the ring for, to distract uh, Charlotte, and uh, we, we have new tag team champions in Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. I don't care. And there's a reason I don't care other than just being a smart ass. Okay. Um, because I don't I don't understand what they're doing. Like like I said, I usually say that when I when I'm being a smart ass, but but the thing with this in particular, right? So not only did they have Charlotte and Asuka lose, which by itself 
hurts them right now because Asuka needs momentum if she's the women's champion. She's done nothing with that title since she won the uh, the tag team titles with Charlotte. So, so the women's title is taking a back seat to titles and the tag team titles that, that don't mean a damn thing in the first place. Uh, number two, how does this help Charlotte whatsoever? You know, not that Charlotte need, needs assistance from her dad, but it's just this storyline is an embarrassment for, on a variety of levels. And, and it's, number one, it's creepy. Uh, and, and number two, it really borders on, on inappropriate, in my opinion. And look, you know me, I'm not the PC police. And look, I don't give a fuck what people do as long as you're not hurting others or yourself. You know, have a ball, enjoy the fuck out of life. That's my, that's my forte. I'm not telling anybody what to do, but like this is just, this particular storyline just gives me goosebumps in the worst possible way. It just creeps me out to the nth degree. And what's the what's the what's the end point here? Are they are they gonna have it would make more sense if if Charlotte was, you know, was the women's champion and and this was this was a ploy by Lacey to throw her off her game to get the titles. But it wasn't even it wasn't even Lacey that won any championship. This wasn't for the women's championship, and it, it doesn't get her the uh, the tag team titles either. So, just on a variety of levels, I'm I'm all kinds of messed up. And where where are they going with this for WrestleMania? Because so far they have nothing on the docket for WrestleMania, pretty much, and it. It's February second, two thousand twenty-one, and and you know who date is today? Yeah, well, <laughs> from, from time to time, I do know what day it is. Although in this pandemic era, it's kind of difficult. But but the um the point being is we're coming up on the show very very quickly, and you know what are they doing with this women's division? Because right now I'm confused as fuck, and if this is if this is your main storyline for the women going into WrestleMania, holy shit! So that that's what that's what I have to say about that. Now, as for the match itself, I didn't see it, but I I would assume uh, it wasn't that great. She wasn't that bad of a match, except for that part where Lacey Evans and Ric Flair came out to distract. Oh my god! Otherwise, it, it, it wasn't. It was an average match. I mean, this would make more sense if Lacey was in the match competing for the tag team titles, and it would make more sense if this was a women's championship program. But it's not. <sighs> And now we move into the main show itself. This is, and we start the show off with Ben's favorite match of the night, Drew McIntyre defending the championship against Goldberg. Oh, God. 
I, I, I need a shot of Mountain Dew stat. Hold up. <laughs> All right. I, I didn't... I didn't like to smash it and hate to smash it. It was just there for me. Um, uh, even before the match got started, they already broke the barricade well, at ringside. Yeah. And, and look, was the match bad for what it was? No. Um, can I completely shit on Goldberg's performance? No. He did, he did what he was supposed to do. And I, I like I liked the so-called passing of the torch to Drew McIntyre after the after the fact. So like, look, I'm not. So this particular ma- match, I think, is the only one uh, that I've seen from Goldberg in a very long time that I'm not going to completely shit on. Uh, that be, that being said, that was. I mean, what can Goldberg do after this? Like, where where do they go with him? Because he he messed up that jackhammer. Did you see that? Well, yeah, yeah, but but, and I was I was gonna I was gonna get to that. <laughs> no, I'm seeing. I I I, th- I thought it was just me. No, he he definitely he definitely jacked it up. He he has he has a very um, hard time with the rotation now. Like, it seemed like he got him up fine, which, like, when he did, like, the Undertaker's one and some of the other ones that we've seen, he couldn't even get him up. Um, But this time, it seemed like he got got him up, but then couldn't hit the rotation. Um, My issue with uh, Goldberg now and what what has been um, is – it's the same match over and over again because that's all he's physically capable of doing. Now, you know, I think they've even said this on the air. For a 51-year-old guy, the guy, the guy is in phenomenal, uh, you know, visual condition. Um, but, but the thing is, if his cardiovascular capabilities are that low... Um, then I don't know what he's doing in the ring. And aside from that, if this is the only match that Goldberg can pull off, how he's a WWE Hall of Famer, I'll never figure out because, you know, we've, we've seen the same match from Bill Goldberg since 1997. It's the same Thing the only difference now in this WWE run is up until he put over Drew McIntyre last night, he's buried every single talent that he's worked with. So you know, was this match offensive to me? No. Was the fact that it was for a title offensive? Yes, because Bill Goldberg should not be competing for titles in 2021, and I hope to fucking the wrestling gods above that were done seeing Goldberg in, in title matches. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit scared at this point because as far as I can tell, uh, he has three more matches left on his WWE contract before I think he's done for good. Um, but it, it's just, um, 
Look, I, look, I'm not into I'm not in the business of of telling somebody what to do, but it, I don't like Bill Goldberg, and I'll I'll tell you why. Um, and and this goes beyond this goes beyond just from the in ring stuff, which which you can take it or leave it. I'm I'm leaving it because I'm a grown man now. But, but I don't like Bill Goldberg um, from what I've seen um, on a personal level because from if you hear him talk in interviews and all this other stuff, I honestly don't get the impression that he respects this business. And like, you know, when he, when he came into the WWE, um, in 2003, you know, he, he even said that he had a very contentious relationship with Vince McMahon and all this other stuff. And now, now he is, um, and now he's saying that he would do anything for him and, you know, blah, blah, blah. First of all, yeah, you're going to do anything because you're getting paid an ass load of money for doing absolutely nothing. Um, but, but the, the, the thing that, that bothers me the most is, you know, Goldberg is not helping the business. You know, he, he said himself, uh, I think it was in his interview with Corey Graves just a few days ago on after the bell, you know, he goes, I'm not a booker. I, I, I'm. Or it might, I think it was a different interview, but recent interview that said he goes, "I'm not a booker. I just go out there and tell them, and tell and do what they tell me to do." Um, which, to a certain extent, you know, all employees have to do that for their boss. But it, it's just, you know, have some. If if something isn't the right thing to do, have some balls and say something. You know, if it goes back to the old adage of if someone told you to jump off a bridge, would you Goldberg? Like he just, he makes himself look like an asshole. Look, and I don't, I don't come on this podcast for the purpose of sounding controversial or being condescending. There's not, and you're, you're going to see that later, a little bit later on as we go through the show, because you're going to see that I, that I felt that this show, by and large, was fucking fantastic. One and one of the best uh, WWE pay per views I've seen in a long time. Um, so I'm going to be very complimentary of this show, and and I even told my I even told my parents like I'm looking forward to coming on here and being positive because sometimes I feel like just because I'm being honest. It sounds like I'm being negative and I'm being an asshole. That like that and that's never my intention, but I'm I'm gonna call it like I see it. And if I sense bullshit the way that I do when I when I hear Goldberg speak, I got a problem with that. Okay. So you know, long story short, I've had enough of Bill Goldberg. Um, but you know. I just I want people to understand that the reason why I come on here and I act 
the way that I do, it, you know, it's just, it's because I care about, I care about this so much. Like wrestling is had no bullshit been one of the um, cornerstones of my life. You know, some of the coolest experiences I've ever had, some of the coolest people I, I've ever met, yourself included, are a result of my of my uh, love for wrestling. You know, so it's like when I, it's as I said, you know, when I sense bullshit and my the meter starts going this way, you know, Elio can see can see me in the camera. You know, I I gotta say something here. <laughs> so, you know, that's the meter should go this way, not this way. Uh, yeah, and it's uh, okay. That's all I gotta say about that. All right, <laughs> well, so go on. Sorry. What did you think of it? Yeah, yeah. For me, it was just there. I didn't like it. I didn't hate it. But uh, I, th- I like, like I said, he messed up the chat camera. I thought it was just me, but I even asked others, and they even saw the same thing. And I did too. So, okay, next, this was one of the highlights of the night for me. Sasha Banks versus Carmella. Sasha Banks defeats Carmella to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. Holy crap, that dive through the ropes. Yeah, she damn near killed herself. That was, uh, I was getting flashbacks to 2004 with uh, Lita doing that dive on Trish Stratus. That's exactly the way it looked to me. Uh, for me, this this was a great match. Uh, you know, when Sasha went to the outside and Reginald Reg- Reg- Carter, she like took it down with that hip flying head scissors. Yeah, um, you know, to, and to tell you the truth, I I did like their first match more. Ah, what which one? Uh, Carmella and uh, Sasha. Yeah. Oh, I think you there. You can see Reginald and Sasha. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> It was a bad match. Original, the the live flips. Uh, Well, you know the whole intergender wrestling thing. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it though. I don't really care for it, but yeah. um, Yeah. So you 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 liked it their first match better? Yes. However, however, that that being said, Carmella has impressed us out of me because I didn't. I didn't realize she was that good. She's doing something, and I like how I like how she changed her entrance and her music. Well, the 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 entrance is a little weird to me. And look, I'm not I'm not knocking her. It's just you know, I, like I thought this was a PG product, and she's coming out looking like a stripper. No, no but I, I do like that they changed her music though. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like the whole. Um, the whole character and, and yep. you know, her, her improvement in the ring. I mean, I, I got nothing negative to say about it. Um, so good on her for making it work. Because when this gimmick first started, I'm like, holy balls, this is not going to work. 
You know, especially when they were teasing like the return and like who 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 is this? And then when you find out it's Carmelo, it's like oh, okay. Well, no, and, at, least, <laughs> at least at least it was Carmelo and not Eva Marie. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> She's still coming back or what? I don't know. I heard that she was supposed to be coming back. Uh, that's what I heard, but you know, I don't know. Okay, next. Okay, next. The women's Royal Rumble match. Holy crap. No, no, little lady. Holy shit. <laughs> this, yes, exactly. This match. I the, the, loved everything about it. It was it was done perfectly. Oh so, yeah. Everything about it was just perfection. Now, I have a list of all the uh, entrants in the Rumble. Should we go over, should we go through them? Uh, yeah, and then we'll cover the big moments after that. Absolutely. Okay, so we had Bailey coming in at number one. And uh, this was a surprise. Number two is Naomi. So she made her return, which uh, means uh, Jimmy Uso might not be too far behind. Yeah, but but having having said that, and I was very happy to see Naomi because I've always been a big fan of hers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel bad for her now because because now she's in a tag team with Lana. Oh, oh, oh! And that's—that's that's uh, not good. That—that's not good, bro. They gave her a lot of time in this match. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They did, and and she 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 also did a really um, cool spot with uh, Bianca Belair. Oh, when they were on the apron. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> they, they were uh, they were like hanging. Front ways off the ring, but yep. you know they had their boots and on the ropes, holding themselves up. And then they, like Naomi used um, used uh, Bianca's hair to get her back in the ring, but like she was also helping um, Bianca swing back up to get back in the ring. So it's like um, you know they were helping each other kind of. Speaking of Bianca Belair, she's. She's number three entry in the Rumble. Only one other person has uh, had. Uh, there was, um, of course, Ric Flair. There, only one other person that was memorable. Number three was Ric Flair, and we'll get that that uh, as we go on. Number yes. four. Number four was my girl Billy Kay. Oh God! I love what she did in this. She was awesome. <laughs> Everyone that came out, she would walk, run up to them and uh, show them her resume and uh, want to team up with them so she could enter the rubble. It was awesome. It was fun. And then we get... You, number... su- you suck. I don't you, suck. What? You're a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> what? Next, next thing you're gonna tell me is that you, your your favorite part of the rumble was Jillian Hall coming out. No, actually, yeah, actually, my favorite was number five, which was the number that you drew last week. You drew number five, and number five was Shotzi Blackheart, and I told you I was upset. 
Yeah, but then, then of course, you shouldn't have been because she was the first person eliminated. That really upset me. That pissed me the fuck off. Badly. All right, at number six, we had Shayna Baszler. This woman deserves better. Get get her the fuck away from Nia Jax, please. This is honestly one of my fantasies. I would absolutely love to see Shayna Baszler take out Nia Jax. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I just uh, that's like good. Then, then I we just, have I just I despise Nia Jax as a wrestler so with every fiber of my goddamn being. Alright, so then we had Tony Storm at number seven. I'm really surprised you didn't have a better showing. I uh because Tony Tony Storm has it all as far as I'm concerned. Number eight was one of my highlights of this match. Julian Hall makes her way out to the ring. <laughs> Billy came us up there and wants to team up with her so she can enter the rumble. And Julian Hall has the best line. She says, Julian, Billy. And, and Billy came with this crazy smile on her face. And in they both go. And oh. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is going on? You know what? You know what? Mr. Co-host, you are now muted. All right, we can unmute him. Oh, no, he has to unmute himself. Sucks to be you. That'll teach you to swear. That'll teach you to cuss on this show. You know, you know where this is going? <laughs> Not anywhere good. All right, number number nine was Ruby Riot. That's that's another girl that deserves better. You, you know, know what? what? I, I I'm starting to get used to. I was starting to get used to her hair, the short hair. It actually doesn't look as bad as it did when I first saw it. No, but I mean, you know, I mean, I just, I prefer the longer hair, yeah, but, you know, yeah. whatever whatever she wants to do, you know. The next one was a huge surprise for me, the return of Victoria. Yeah, that was actually one of my highlights. I, I loved seeing her. She, she was always uh, one of my favorites back in the day because... She was like a legit wrestler. Like she wasn't just a pretty face. Like she could legitimately kick your ass. Following that, my other girl, Peyton Royce. Woohoo! Oh, go. Ladies and gentlemen, when Peyton Royce and made her entrance, we had the viewing. Although it was uh, brief, we had an, a reunion that was completely iconic. Wait, uh, that that didn't work. Uh, no, no, I, I can't find it. Uh, but 
they do it better. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> Shut up. You okay. know, ladies and gentlemen, I, I feel like my Tuesday evening is going off the rails. Okay, at number 12 was Santana Garrett. There's another one I really like. Yeah, I, I really like her too. I didn't even realize that she was so employed. I think to give her something. She's not that bad. She, she's been in Shine, and I believe she was in Shimmer as well. Then we have Liv Morgan. Another one who they have just wasted. At, oh, num God. at, at number 14, we have, we have one who really stood out in this match, Rhea Ripley. Yeah, she was one of the, uh, she was one of the final two along with Bianca Belair. And Next. that was my... Sorry. Uh, that that was my sleeper pick, you know. But I also, as you'll recall, I picked Bianca Belair, and I, I'm I'm so happy that she that she won because that girl has money written all. Why 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 do you ruin things? We're not even there yet. They they already know about it. This is a fucking review show, you stupid. <laughs> but still. <laughs> Mr. Canilla, you Is are so you are sorely testing my patience. <laughs> okay. Follow oh, follow God. that were two Ross superstars, Charlotte Flair and Dana Brooke. Who gives a fuck? And at number 17 we had Tori Wilson. Oh god. Oh I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I forgot something. You drew number 12 as well. Yeah. Cause so you had, you had a Santana Garrett. Oh, yeah. My, well, my picks didn't do too terribly well, did they? So following Tori Wilson, we had Lacey Evans. Kill me now. <sighs> you remember how I, you know, I remember how I used to say that I like Lacey Evans? Please tell me you've come to your senses. No, I don't like Lacey Evans. No, no, she, I'm done. Play the heavenly harps. Justice has been served on this podcast this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Justice. <laughs> then we have Mickey James at 19. So that was, um, yeah, I drew number 19. That would have been a good pick a few years ago had, had the uh, women's revolution been going on when, when Mickey James was first in the company. And at number <clears throat> 20, we have Nikki Cross. And she was just added, like, right before the show, and I'm, I'm just, well, why? Oh, okay. And, and we'll get into that more um, when we get to Raw. Following Nikki Cross, we have Alicia Fox. Um, why why is she considered a legend? Or as they used to call her, Alicia Fox. I you know, and, and I look, I don't I don't mean any any disrespect. I don't I don't even have a problem with Alicia Fox, but I'm just saying, uh, 
her character work was good, but like, why is she considered a legend? Like, you're not a legend only because you were there for a long time. Like, I, yeah. I, I have to talk about one thing here. <clears throat> yeah. Our truth or real truth in this 24 7 championship. Oh, fuck. Now, I was upset when he came out to the ring during this match, but. No, 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 Wait, listen. I was, I was upset when he came out, but I wasn't upset because afterwards because I'm glad that it didn't take away. Focus, didn't take focus away from the match itself. In fact, they included it in the match with Alicia Fox uh, pinning him for the 24-7 championship. Oh, no, no. See, I didn't like that. Keep the 24-7 title the fuck away from the Royal Rumble. Like, I, nobody gives a fuck. First of all, and I, I mean that quite seriously. But no, but, but I'm saying, you, you know how usually it, it, it like distracts and ruins the whole show? I'm well, glad that it didn't completely ruin things. Well, you know, maybe it didn't completely ruin it, but it, it's, it's, it's irrelevant. It was stupid. Otherwise, it was stupid. And it's they just, did it again later on in the show with Peter Rosenberg. Oh, my God. Ugh. That's all that needs to be said. Peter okay. Rosenberg. Rock. Okay, following Gullish Fox was Mandy Rose at number 22. Uh, we, sorry. I, I was going to say, like, I, I like Mandy Rose, but she, she's going to have to improve if, if she wants to go to the next level. I don't know about you, but I kind of like the Shayna Baszler Mandy Rose matchup. Um, I mean it's it's interesting, but the whole the whole thing with me is um I just I don't like Mandy Rose getting any offense in on uh, Shayna Baszler because it's like the. And once again, no disrespect, but the the talent dis- discrepancy between the two of them that's a that's a wide chasm. Okay, and then we have hold on. After many rows, we have one of my another one of my favorites, Dakota Kai. Yeah, that was that. Now that was a, that was a good surprise entrance. At twenty four, we have Carmella, followed by Tamina, who. Defeats Natalia, who was defeated by Natalia to earn her number 30 spot. Which was a completely irrelevant thing because, by, because by and large, and I, I know she made it to the final four, but by and large, Natalia was completely irrelevant in this match. At 26 and 27 was Lana and Alexa Bliss. I like when Alexa Bliss was about to transform. Rhea Ripley was having none of it. She's like, "No, not not tonight." Yeah, that that was that was a really nice touch. I enjoyed that tremendously. Then at twenty eight, we have Ember Moon. I would I would have expected her to come in a little bit earlier to do a little bit more damage, have a little bit more of a showcase. Following Ember Moon, we had Nia Jax at twenty nine, and of course Natalia at thirty. 
Okay, and and that's just where my my interest died, and I fell asleep for five minutes. And I and I, of course Bianca Belair wins the match, and the only other person to ever win the Royal Rumble for the number three spot was, of course, Ric Flair in 1992. Uh, yeah, um, and side note, that's my favorite Rumble of all time. Oh, um, oh. is it still your favorite Rumble of all time after this one? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, however, what? I, I we there was a photo posted on Facebook. I saw that. Yeah, because but keep in mind it was only one foot. It wasn't both feet. So I I don't know. I don't know why they, that was made to be such a big deal, and I think that's why they didn't mention it on Raw because. It's one thing if she had two feet on the floor, but if you look, right. it was only one foot. And so I think it was her right foot that was on the just on the floor, right? Right, right. But they they always emphasize that both feet have to hit the floor. So, yeah. so that that's why they didn't mention it on the show, which I appreciated. I was just surprised that it generated so much attention online because. I mean, we've had people with one foot hitting the floor before, and it's not its not a big deal, you know? All right, next we have our last man standing match for Universal Championship. Roman Reigns defeating Kevin Owens. This was a great match. For, and for me, this was um, other, I mean, other than the Women's Rumble, which I felt was the, was the, the best match of the night. Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns absolutely smashed it. And I honestly, I felt bad for them because they were having a great match. And look, the, the, this, this, this box that I'm about to mention is not their fault. So it's not going to take away from my appreciation of the match because they fucking killed it. Um, but I, I, I felt bad for them because of the, of the handcuffs. But and as soon as Roman started looking around and like the the heelish look and stuff went off his face and everything, and you were you could just see that he was kind of confused um, for a minute, like legitimately, and like he started looking around, and then Paul came in, and it, it was just it was taking too long, and then the ref had to stop the count and. and so it, it really it kind of did interfere with like the match because you know if you want to be a stickler then you know Kevin Owens should really be the champion, um, which I which you know I think I even posted something on Twitter like yeah I know that I know that was a botch and stuff and I feel bad for him but um, it, it could also be used to further um, you know Reigns heel character because. Everybody knows that according to the rules, um, you know, Kevin Owens should be the champion right now because the handcuffs weren't illegal. He was down for much more than 10 seconds, but but I also understand that because it wasn't the, the finish, they couldn't go with that. But it, it was it was just it was really awkward, and I I honestly, you know, felt really bad for him because. Up until that point, it was a it was a really fucking good match. 
Yeah, and uh, following that was, of course, the main last match of the evening, the men's Royal Rumble match. And that one, of course, was won by Edge. So, okay. So I'm kind of pissed off, but I'm kind of not. Because I, I really thought, and I still think, Daniel Bryan should have won that match. I think, I think the story is there, and you know they could still do it if if they want to at the at the elimination chamber. And for me, they better do it, or else that's that's a very bad missed op- opportunity. What makes me upset is, you know, it should have been Reigns. It should have been Reigns versus Bryan at WrestleMania. And now I'm hearing that it's going to be Reigns versus Edge at WrestleMania. Yes, on the, on its surface, nobody's going to complain about that match because it's it's a it's a great match, and I and well, I'm not even going to knock that. But I just think the story is so much better with Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan, and you know, so the the major drawback for me um, with having you know, Roman versus Edge is neither one of those guys can afford to lose based on the stories that you're telling with those two guys. You know, because you have you have Reigns as this untouchable monster, and that's the way you need to book him. And then you have the returning champion who never lost, who conquered everything twice to come back and get a title match. And if you put him with Reigns, which according to several places I've seen is the plan, then he can't have his redemption, which which completely defeats the purpose of Edge being back from, from a storyline perspective. Now, um, this, this kind of confuses me further because as we saw on Raw last night, and we'll get into this further uh, when, when we get to that point in the show, Edge came out and confronted Drew McIntyre and then he had a match with Randy Orton which which seemingly would have, would have finished off any beef that they had going into WrestleMania because now, now you've put yourself in a situation where Edge has to challenge for a championship at WrestleMania. But if you do that against Reigns, then you're screwing Reigns because the story can't be told the way it needs to be told without having it happen at Edge's expense. So he can't have his story told the way it needs to happen. So, so now you're the much better option for me would would be Edge versus McIntyre because then you can tell the Edge story. Um, but over so look, I am I am extremely happy for Edge and his performances uh, in in the ring since he came back have been. Phenomenal. I take nothing away from him. Um, it's just the 
the Reigns versus Edge thing, even though it is Spear versus Spear, and I get that. Um, you know, it's it it just to me, you're setting yourself up for an anticlimactic ending for for one of your two biggest acts, and it's just neither one of them can afford a loss right now. Hey, and uh, let's take a look at the entrance into this rumble. Of course, Edge and Orton were number one and number two. I really hate when they give away number one and number two spots now. But but this was the first year that they've done that, right? No, I don't think. Oh well, well, okay. Well then, um, but the way that they gave them away this year was disgusting. There's no, but I mean, look, I I never gave a damn for for WWE backstage in the first place, but what, you know, like that's that's a lot of the intrigue about the Royal Rumble. I mean, what the fuck are you doing? You know, giving it away when you already know you can't do you can't really do a lot because of the pandemic. What are you doing taking that away? I thought that was a terrible decision. So at number three, we had Sami Zayn. Go back to the picket lines, bro. (laughs) Followed by a couple of Raw stars, Mustafa Ali or Mustafa Ali and Jeff Hardy. Then we have Dolph Ziggler and Shinsuke Nakamura at six and seven. At eight, I already said this on uh, the last podcast. What if Carlito returned? And he did at number eight. And that son of a bitch looked fantastic. Now oh, that, my now, God. Now that was cool. Well, <laughs> now, look, I am I am perfectly, uh, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable saying this. That, that guy looked like a million bucks. And like I had to look him up because he looked better than I'd ever seen him previously. Uh, and I looked him up. Like, and he's 41 years old. I'm almost 42. And I'm like, well, what the fuck you been doing in Puerto Rico? You know, I mean, God, God damn. So uh, my hat's off to him, you know. And then, of course, he had a showing on Raw – and I've heard, I'm hearing that he might get a child as an agent or something. Producer. Producer. I was close. Okay, producer, agent, you cut me off. Uh, we get it. Uh, no, I'm messing with you because um, I, I have to do that. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, my hat's off to Carlito. My God, They're, they must be putting something in the water in Puerto Rico. Good. God. At number nine, we had Xavier Woods. You know, continue to tell the story with Mustafa and, uh, you know, Kofi through Xavier. I get it. That's what we saw. And uh, following yeah. him was, of course, Big E. And then we had three, <sighs> three Raw stars, John Morrison, Ricochet, and Elias. Or Ricochet. I, sw- I swear to God. At number 14, one of my favorites, Damien Priest. Yeah. 
And um, you know, good on good on him for making his raw debut and and main roster debut. I'm I'm looking forward to what they what they could potentially do with him if they don't mess him up. Follow that, we have the Miz and Riddle. Oh boy! At number seventeen, we had Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I still say Daniel Bryan should have won the thing. Then at number 18, we had the other half of Team Hell No, we had Kane. And, yep, and they hugged it out in the middle of the ring, and then, you know, Kane tried to eliminate Bryan, so. Following Kane, we had King Corbin, Otis, and Dominic Mysterio. Oh, my God. Wait, I'm sorry, hold on. Was Ray not in this match? Um, no, he he was in the match, but they they uh they I don't think they were in there at the same time. Well, I'm not seeing him on this oh wait, wait, we still have a way to go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was eliminated early, no wonder. He was eliminated by the next entry at number 22, Bobby Lashley. And I really like the standoff between Lashley and Big E. Yeah, I, I love that. Absolutely. Following that, we had the Hurricane and Christian returning. Uh, the, the, what was the point of the Hurricane even coming out there? <laughs> oh, fuck. But I, I love the moment with, with Edge and Christian. And, you know... Because now they both kind of get their redemption, you know, because Christian had to, re- had to retire because of concussion issues. Apparently, he was just cleared to come back as of last week. So, you know, good, good on them. And, you know, I always thought, and I've said this before on this podcast, Chris, Christian was always criminally underrated. I, I always loved Christian. Then we have EG Styles at twenty-five. It was it was completely pointless to have him in the Rumble, and I hate saying that because he's he's AJ fucking Styles, you know. But the way the way that he's been booked going into this, it's it's been a joke. I mean, he's talking about the fifty-first dates and fucking, you know, whatever the fuck else he likes. I mean, it's just. You know, I don't care if the notebook is in your top fifty movies of all time. You know, give the give this guy something solid for fucking WrestleMania. What what the hell? Then at twenty six we had Rey Mysterio, and twenty seven we have Sheamus. Yeah, and she- and Sheamus got in some big shit on Monday Night Raw, so we'll get into that. At uh, 28 and 29, we have Cesaro and a returning Seth Rollins. Hello, oh, Joy. The Messiah has returned. Can, and, you sen- can you sense my dripping sarcasm? And at number 30, we have Ben's arch nemesis, Braun Strowman. What? <laughs> <laughs> As in nobody gives a fuck. Go back in the the locker room. You know, I was I was making a vulgar gesture, but you didn't get it. No, no, I got I got that. Like, 
That's what I just said. What was that? Okay, so um, that is our review of uh, Royal Rumble. I'm going to throw it over to my host uh, for Monday Night Raw. Ben, what do we have here? Oh God! Did I did I accident did I accidentally close out my Monday Night Raw review? What? Okay, let me let me just go get it again. Hold on. Da, 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 da. Covering dead air, covering dead air. While right. my so um while you while my host is doing that, I'm gonna go and look up uh, the time warp for next week because I already looked up for Saturday and we really have nothing there for this week so well i mean we can skip it because we got some we got some cool form uh coming up after the raw review which i just now clicked on oh no no we we already have we already said for uh, this for tonight we're going back to 1988 yes before i was even born for god's sake yes a couple months anyway Oh, wow. Okay, so next Saturday is the 13th. All right, let's take a look at this. Ben, did you find anything yet? Yeah, I I did. We're good. Okay, interesting uh, choices for the 13th. All right, what do we have for Monday Night Raw? All right, so I'm just going to do the highs and lows. Um, But the the, the high automatically has to be the opening of the show. because uh, Drew, Drew and Edge got into it back and forth. Um, Drew, Drew comes out and, and said and puts. You know, now this one I saw. Yeah, Drew comes out and puts over Edge. Um, you know, and really showering him with compliments. Um, and then Edge gets pissed off. To, at, at Drew saying, you know, I could be your your um, opponent at, at, at Mania and taking your title. What are you doing, kissing my ass, kind of thing. And, and then uh, here comes here comes Sheamus, who um, who wants uh, Drew to um, who wants Drew to um, be respected by Edge, and you know. And just take um, what I'm I'm sorry I'm, I'm oh yeah I, I got um I got uh cross up with something but yeah yeah it, it was just it was just Seamus um getting pissed off on Drew's behalf because Edge was giving him all kinds of shit and then of course uh Seamus um turns on Drew right after. Edge warned him about watching his back around around him, uh, so that was kind of like they didn't that was wait surprising. Well, it really wasn't because the the way that they pulled off the turn, like right after Edge said that, you know, I I saw it coming, especially especially when Seamus went out of frame. Once uh, Edge left the ring, and then, of course we got the, of course we got the brogue kick. So that's that sets up uh, Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre for um, elimination chamber. And I really, so it really does look like um, they could go either way. 
um, based on what they set up. So they could go Edge versus McIntyre or Edge versus Reigns. And I just think that the better match um, for Edge at this point would, would be Trey McIntyre. So hopefully, um, hopefully that's what they do. Um, it, it, was, it, was, it was a much hotter and much in, more interesting opening to a Monday Night Raw that they've had in a while. Um, so I, I guess they got uh, the road to WrestleMania started off in a positive direction. Now, uh, match number one, nobody gives a fuck because it was just Lashley getting disqualified in one minute and 22 seconds for not releasing the, uh, the um, what, what do they call his submission move now? The hurt lock. The hurt lock. Okay, what the fuck. It's a modified master lock, but nonetheless. Um, then we get Bad Bunny backstage getting ready for uh, Damian Priest's debut because they're they're talking backstage. Uh, next up, uh, n- next up after that was uh, Xavier Woods versus Mustafa Ali um, with Kofi at ringside. Really, just further selling Mustafa's ma- uh, issues with Woods. From, from two years ago. I love how they're tying that storyline back together because this is the storyline that I wanted from Xavier from the beginning. Like, I would have just, I would have just dived right back into this as soon as, as soon as uh, Ali came back on the air. Like, you didn't even need retribution. Just give us this. Because retro. Let's be honest. Retribution has been nothing but a steaming pile of shit. It it has destroyed the careers of five people. You know, just just disband it as soon as possible. They should be disbanding the um, the Retribution group faster than they're disbanding the Hurt business. I mean, I you know. What the fuck are what the fuck are they doing? Just cut your losses at this point. What the fuck? I mean, I mean, I just, you know, I I've never been more frustrated with a stable in my entire wrestling fandom in my entire life. I swear to God. Uh, and then um, the the low light of all low lights is Miz TV with with Bad Bunny. Oh my God. Just, yeah, enough, that was enough. just enough. But it, it does it does lead to Damian Priest's debut because Bad Bunny introduces him, and then we get a squash match for Bad Bunny. Um, very, very good. It makes sense given like his club hopping nightlife character. I I get it. That was fine. And then uh, we continue with the de-evolution of the Hurt Business, which I don't know why they're doing that, because that's perfect for both uh, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Um, so I do not want to see the Hurt Business disband, but there, it certainly looks like that's where they're going with it. Uh, another low light and something I don't care about, uh, Lana and... and uh, Lana and Dana Brooke and and they're I mean this is, it's just a three way match between Charlotte Nazca Naomi and Lana Mandy Rose Dana Brooke nobody cares automatic bathroom break right there 
Uh, don't care. I, you know, it's cool that Carlito's back, but the, the match just made no sense. Like, why would Jeff Hardy tag with Carlito? Like, there's no history there. Like, it was just odd. So why why would he care about Jackson Riker and Elias? Um, and literally, like right as right as I say that, I, I wasn't even reading it, but right as I say that, underneath the the underneath this match for the review that I'm looking at, it goes literally no reason for Jeff and Carlito to tag. So, ex- exactly my thought too. Uh, Randy Orton versus Edge was the main event. Um, this was awesome. Unfortunately, I missed the end. I missed the ending of this because my my feed just cut off and Monday Night Raw ended like as soon as like eleven o'clock hit. Your feed cut off on TV. Yeah, yeah. It just said because it was a recording, and so it cut off as soon as 11 o'clock hit and I didn't Oh, get I thought you said that. I thought you meant the show itself cut off. Okay. But it did. Yeah, that's what I'm oh, saying. Oh, okay. Oh, I, wonder, so, I wonder if they did uh, what AEW did where they totally cut off. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it certainly looked like it. Um, but, you know, Overall, this was a very solid episode of Raw, you know, and this is what they need to do consistently um, in order to build WrestleMania because they have some solid pieces, but they they need to start putting them together and quickly for WrestleMania because we're running out of time here. And from what I'm from what I'm reading, they really don't have a lot locked in, so I'm a little concerned. But I have to give credit where credit is due because the Royal Rumble and this episode of Raw um, overall were very, very good. And, you know, for, for me to say that back-to-back about uh, about the WWE product in 2021, to say that I've been able to enjoy myself on back-to-back nights is, is awesome. So I am absolutely thrilled and I really want to, um, I really want to see their momentum continue uh, as we continue to roll down the road to WrestleMania. So. Okay. All right. So uh, what do you say we fight with the glory and go back to Friday, February fifth, nineteen eighty-eight? And ladies and gentlemen, as I said, you know I wasn't even born yet. But, but, you know, and I was, I was, I was telling Elio on on messaging before we came on the air for this abbreviated uh, Royal Rumble special show. Um, you know, I I, I must have had a brain uh, malfunction because it 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 completely slipped my mind that this was the twin referee screw job with with Dave and Earl Hebner. Uh, but as soon as soon as I saw the match on the, on YouTube, the very beginning of the match, I'm like, no, no shit, you fucking moron. Of course, of course, that's what this is. But I I don't I don't know. So I, I was going in completely blind. But of course I of course I'd seen this before, and um, you know I I really enjoyed it. It really uh, encompassed um, you know that that old school WWE storytelling. Um, 
you know, and uh, I think that this was like the first time that they really did like a like a screw job angle that I can remember. Because it was it, number one, it was it was very very clear that um, that Hogan got his shoulder up before uh, before a three, like it was glaringly obvious. And the way that the way it was put over by Vince on commentary, uh, what a what a what a commentary combination of Vince and Jesse, the body Ventura, that that is an awesome combination. And uh, no, that's not a conspiracy theory, Jesse. Let's just con- cool your jets now. You know, getting a little getting a little kooky in his elder in his elder years, but I I really did enjoy him on uh, commentary right here. Um, but um, but the the thing is, as much as I enjoyed the the angle and the execution, and of course, you know. Of course, Andre got the belt. He was being managed by uh, the Million Dollar Man, and he, he gave the belt to the Million Dollar Man uh, like 30 seconds after the, you know, after the match ended. And, um, and of course, they were putting over, where's Jack Tunney when you need him kind of thing. Uh, so that was that was like really cool. And, um, and like, I'm not used to seeing, like, heel Andre the Giant. So that in and of itself was, was really, really cool. Because even when he body slammed on, even when he uh, was the victim of, of a body slam uh, by Hogan, you know, famously three years before that, you know, he, he, I mean, he had never been a heel. Like, he didn't even go into that situation as a heel. I'm sorry. Would you say three years before what? Before this this match? Yeah. You mean one year? Because '87 was the first time. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. I I knew that. What the fuck? My my <laughs> my, my, my I don't know why I said three years. Of course, it was a year before. Um, I'm an idiot. I just, I just, don't worry about it. No, 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 I don't like that because I just made myself look like a clueless asshole live on that fucking. Of of course I knew that. What the fuck? (laughs) Okay, clearly I'm hungry or something, but it was just, well, well, moving right along. My my co host is just excited to, was just all excited about this match and talking about this match on tonight's show that he got all confused with when the first time Andre was slammed was. Good Lord. It's just, it's, it's sad. It's okay. Whatever. It happens to me too. But yeah, but that was a bad brain fire for a wrestling historian like myself. That, that's embarrassing. Um, but anyway... Um, moving right along, smoothly segueing into the next, uh, into my next point. Um, you know, this really was like the first big angle of like my semi lifetime, you know, because I was, I was born like, uh, you know, um, just a couple months after this. Um, so, um, 
I I personally love this angle, and and of, I think he gets overshadowed nowadays by the Montreal screw job. But this, this was a really big deal, and just to see the crowd's reaction to it, you could tell that they were like pissed. Like you, you know, we all, yeah. No, go on. Uh, and like we we all know that like wrestling is a is a you know storytelling kayfabe kind of thing, but like you know if I'd have been a little bit older back then I would have been legitimately pissed off because like th- this was like the American hero getting screwed, and this was this was still in the early days of Hulkamania like this is where. Hogan was like firmly established as WWE's guy, you know. So, but being the fact that I was so young and I, I don't really have a lot of uh, memories of Andre the Giant. Um, it, it was just weird to me to see him as a heel because I I I had never really experienced that before, and then. Of course, with him coming out with Ted DiBiase and Virgil and then the whole rest screw job. And then, of course, we both know what team, you know, after this, you know, with with all the confrontations and stuff, um, you know, it, it just set up something really cool. And and from a, from a feel standpoint, it almost felt like a WrestleMania-like atmosphere. Because the crowd was rabid, the the commentary was doing a fantastic job of of selling the match. Because even though, like in my trained eye, you can kind of see how limited uh, Andre the Giant was, but to still be able to tell that kind of story, fantastic. You know that. You That's know, you, the know, you, you know where I was on that night on this night. Where's that? My actually, my entire family. We were sitting in front of the TV watching this this whole show. And and that's impressive because because you're like me. The rest of your family doesn't watch wrestling. So yeah. no, but I mean to like have yeah. that level of investment, you know, into something when the rest of your family doesn't watch it. I mean that tells you something. Yep. I mean, to me, to me, this Hogan versus Andre was like our gener- was like our generation's Austin McMahon or or like Hogan versus Rock from WrestleMania 18. You know, it like this moment felt that big, and it, it was it, it was just it's so cool to go back and see it in its entirety. You know, because I I'd, I'd seen clips before. You know, I've seen clips of what came after this and, you know, the fallout and stuff like that. You know, I I will say the one thing that the one thing that put a damper on it for me is I just felt so bad for Andre. Yeah. Now, um, they had had signed the contract for this at the Royal Rumble a month earlier, like like a couple of couple of weeks uh, before this show. Oh, uh, well, so that that was uh that was uh the first uh, one of the first ever yeah the first ever contract signings on the pay per view. 
Yeah, well, well, and clearly it's been an overplayed concept since. But I mean, this was the way that this was executed was marvelous. Okay, now, um, so this, let me let me just quickly go over through through the rest of this card. A lot of them were dark matches because you would see them later on on the Saturday uh, wrestling challenge and uh, um, Maple Leaf Wrestling or whatever show they had that at that time. Right. So, on the main uh, show, we had Randy Savage and uh, defeating the Honky Tonk Man for the to keep hold on to to um. Sorry, Randy Savage defeating Honky Tonk Man. So Honky Tonk Man retains the championship Intercontinental Championship by countout at eight minutes and twenty seconds. The Hogan Andre match was the second match on the card, which went nine minutes and five seconds. I'm surprised it even went that long because going back and taking a look at it. Now, it the, main, the, the main event, I would have switched these two around. The main event was for the Tag Team Championships. Strike Force defeating the Hart Foundation. Yeah, Strike Force going in uh, as champions here. I would have definitely had Hogan and Andre even before we realized the historical significance of this match because of the angle. Like, to me, Hogan versus Andre screams main event. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's very off-putting to hear that this was not the main event. And these are the dark matches that were taped prior to the show. We had Demolition defeating Billy Jack Haynes and Kim Patera. Who, who, who now, honestly, did I tell you that Kim Patera friended me on Facebook? I have him on as well. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, yeah, we, we have a bunch of mutual friends through, you know, wrestling connections. And he, like, last week, he just friended me on Facebook. Nice. That's all right. That's cool. Then we had Jake, uh, Jake Roberts defeating Harley Race. Ron Bass defeating Coco Beware. Ron Bass. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> the British Bulldogs defeated the Islanders. Who were the Islanders? Haku and Tama. Aha. Okay. Then Haku, we had, so legitimate, Haku's a legitimate badass. My God. Then we had Don, uh, sorry, Hacksaw Jim Duggan defeating the one man gang by disqualification. Uh, I, I was never a fan of the one man gang. Yeah. Just kind of seems stupid to me. Then we had Don Morocco defeating the natural Butch Reed. And the last, the last dark match was Ultimate Warrior defeating Sika. You know, it, it, it really surprises me that that was a dark match. Why like, is that? I, I wouldn't have expected Ult- Ultimate Warrior and Sika to be like on the card on TV. You know, on the like, on on the sexual show. Yeah. Ooh, okay. You know because. They had like they had Hogan versus versus Sika on a special once. 
Well, that was Saturday meet event. That was a 90-minute show. This was like one hour. Well, still, I mean, it, it seems to me like if you put those two matches, like you, you put Sika versus Ultimate Warrior and then Hogan Andre. Yeah, I think they could have uh, fit four matches on here. Yeah, like we don't we don't need the tag team matches the main event. No, you know, no. just flip that out with Ultimate Warrior versus yeah. Sika. So like the the booking decisions and now now take it with a grain of salt because I understand it was a different time, but like looking back at it, looking back at it, I. Uh, Oh, we, yeah, we yeah, have a run-in. Yeah. We have a run-in. Yeah. Fans, we have a run-in. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, but, um, <laughs> I was just uh, filling out, filling the air. Uh, I, absolutely. But, um, but yeah, the, the, the booking decisions seem a little odd looking back, but I, get, I guess you, you just have to understand that it's a different time. Yes, sir. All right. So with that being said, um, we have nothing on Saturday. Um, next week, I was looking up uh, the events for next week, which would be the 13th. And let's take a look at what we have here. So on the 13th, we have just pulling up the the um, results here we have all right. Um, one we have uh, two TNA wrestlings and one uh, combat zone uh, event. So, no, we can just skip it. Yeah, so there was really there's not really many choices on this particularly, so we'll just skip that as well. So, Ben. Before we head out, I found something on Instagram this week on the WWE channel. Yeah, you were telling me about it. Why don't Why don't we uh, Why don't we jump right into that? All right, this is just a way to close out the show for the week. So, what I found, I found this posted on Sunday, so we wouldn't have been able to have done this on Saturday's show. Now, we take your birthday, the month you were born. Yeah, and then we take the day we're born. So let's. Uh, so the month that you were born will determine your key rumble moments. Your key, all right. Yeah. And the day you were born determines who you were eliminated from the rumble by. Okay, let's give it a shot. You want to go first? All right, uh, I'll go first. Okay, let's see. Okay, so mine is March. So March, I set yeah. my key rumble moment. I set a new record for the most eliminations. Oh, watch out, Kane! Elio's going to whoop your ass. However, <laughs> <laughs> I was eliminated by Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Well, that's not too bad considering that he won the first ever uh, Royal Rumble. So you're kind of in two pieces pieces of history there. Now, you were born in June. Yeah. So your key rumble moment is 
You eliminated your best friend slash tag team partner. Oh, dude, is this a rocker situation? Uh, all right, all right. What, what, who was I eliminated by? Now, your birthday is June 7th, I believe. Yes. You were eliminated by Bianca Belair. I'm not even hating on that. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't care. I would, I would gladly give Bianca her big moment because I, I am so happy that she won. That's awesome. All right, so uh, that we super sure to close. Yes, and just to remind you, we, we we will have a show on Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. It, it will just be abbreviated. We just wanted to get our uh, our post Royal Rumble reaction up as quickly as possible, um, and we hope you enjoy our take and a little bit of a little bit more of an abbreviated show. And thanks for joining us on this special Tuesday matinee edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. All right, fans, we will talk to you all on Saturday. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. Been searching in the dark, sweat soaking through the floor. And buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore. Taking your breath, stealing your mind, and all that was real is left behind. Don't fight it, it's coming for you, running at you. It's only this moment, don't care what comes after. Your fever dream, can't you see? Getting closer, just surrender, cause you feel the feeling taking over.